When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Boston Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash, coming to you from Sydney, Australia, and with me, as always, from sunny Newcastle, it's Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Great, man. It's fantastic to be back. There's been a um, there's been a, a massive Boston Celtics Reddit void in my life the last month or so. So uh, let's get yeah. let's let's go about fixing that, shall we? Yeah, indeed. We've just been uh, chilling in the off-season a little bit. And, uh, of course, from across the Tasman, it's our bro in the know for all things X's and O's. It's Joe, or as he's known on Reddit, Nose Roads McFly. Joe, what's up? Man, you're good. Um, it's, <laughs> well, I was just you thinking about, it's kind of like hibernation. And right, I'm in a curious position right now because the weather is making me want to hibernate but at the same time I want to come out <laughs> literally of literally hibernating as well I'm literally hibernating but I want to come out of figurative hibernation for the Celtics podcast and it's been too long so, I'm, uh, I'm amped to be back with the last yeah. salmon and uh, Celtics rumors are we yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get you up to date on what's been going on while you've been uh, hibernating Kawhi's a no raptor uh, what <laughs> <laughs> Look, some very quick housekeeping here. Uh, if you want to reach out, you can email us at celticsredditpod at gmail.com or tweet us at rcelticspod. That's the letter R, celticspod. You can, of course, find us on Reddit as well. Hit us up, send us your questions, feedback, suggestions. It's all welcome and very much appreciated. All right. Today is a good day because finally enough news has amassed in <laughs> Celtics land that we found it right about time. To put another podcast together. I don't know about you guys, but I've had a great off-season enjoying relaxing activities such as working full-time <laughs> and cleaning around the house on weekends. Really good stuff. <laughs> we do have some exciting news to get to, and that is that Marcus Smart has fulfilled part of his destiny and re-signed with the Celtics on a four-year, $52 million contract, which is roughly about $13 million a year. Uh, this just makes sense to me. Marcus Smart being in Boston, it's the same as, I don't know, the, the Eiffel Tower being in Paris or <laughs> Vegemite being on toast. It's just the, the natural order of things, guys. Uh, I know you guys love Marcus Smart, maybe a little bit more than I do. Um, I'm guessing you're happy to have him back. What do you, what do you reckon? Marcus is our density, just like, just our, like density. our density, <laughs> just like Lorraine McFly was George McFly's density. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was very happy. Um, about five hundred thousand dollars more per year than um, than I was yeah. probably hoping. But um, uh, no, that's cool. I think if it had gone to fourteen, I'd have been like uncomfortable. Thirteen's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. It was a, there was an, there was an iffy few days there where I think there was some rumors announcing that the Kings were going to throw some sort of Zach Levine money at him as well too. Where when that was happening, I was like, oh geez, I hope it really doesn't come to that because it would have like been utterly heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see him go. But for that kind of cash, it's it, it really wouldn't have. 
been worth it. But um, I think the vast majority of the fan base wanted him back, and the fact that he has come back at a, what everyone deems to be a fair price as well is um, is is fantastic. And I think on uh, the main thread that was on the Boston Celtics Reddit, uh, and I must follow if I can, posted a t- uh, table of all the athletes that were making similar money to Smart. I think it was the $13 million that you said um, in the past season. And if you look at all the names on there, there's only really one that I would probably maybe have over him. So just based on that data alone, I think it's a great buy. Yeah, I mean, other names on that list, Gorgie Deng, Mason Plumley, J.R. Smith, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Um, certainly, you know, probably a little bit biased here, but Marcus Smart is uh, a cut above those guys, I think. Um, well, if Michael definitely, Kidd-Gilchrist... He'll definitely remember what the score was in a game. <laughs> so he's better than J.R. Yeah. If, if Michael Kidd-Gilchrist <laughs> played for us, I think we'd love him. I think we would absolutely love Kidd-Gilchrist. But yeah, Smart's, Smart's my dude. He is he's my favorite player, and I'm really happy he's back. You think about how important Smart is to our team, like the impact, the winning plays, uh, and then you compare him to the guys in this list um, that, that that user you uh, that you mentioned, Jackson, and I must follow if I can. Um, like this contract is in itself a winning play, so it's a, it's a classic <laughs> Smart contract. So yeah. I'm a fan. Another user on the the Reddit post uh, on the Celtics Reddit uh, Ward zero six three zero said uh, that's a little on the high end sort of echoing the sentiments of you know us and everyone else in the in the sub as well but probably worth it to lock up smart long term uh, could also help as far as salary filler in a future insert superstar here trade um, which I think is a good point and it's sort of already been mentioned definitely by the guys on the locked on podcast and, and definitely um, by us you know, various definitely by us by the way we've totally mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before the trade happened, oh, sorry, before the contract signing happened. But um, yeah, like we, we finally, like we've said um, in the past, we've got that mid-range contract, which is very tradable. It's a four-year contract, no options, just four years straight up, um, which I think is, is very good in, in fill, filling a void uh, in a trade if an opportunity should come up for, uh, for Danny Age and the guys to jump on. So, um, And look, if nothing happens, then we've just got, uh, you know, Cobra. Cobra Kai for uh, four years... I'm um, doing his can thing, I, which is exciting. I, I, yeah. Can I make a counterpoint? Is that okay? Please. Okay, so I don't want us to trade for anybody else. We're good. Like, Kawhi, Kawhi freaking Leonard came up, right? And did any of us really want to trade for Kawhi Leonard? I sure didn't. He would in Kawhi Leonard's Not for the asking awesome. price. Kawhi Leonard's awesome. Like, okay, I'm, I might be a little bit of the minority here, but... Like, I wouldn't want us to trade for Kawhi Leonard, not because I don't think Kawhi Leonard's good, and this is on the proviso that he's healthy and, and even willing to assign. I just, I want a team that's good enough to win it all, but not so good that it's a certainty to win it all. Like, I think it would be so boring to be a Warriors fan. Hell, you know, like, honestly, I would actually be miserable. And I'd feel like a team that I loved, if I was a Warriors fan, I'd feel like a team that I loved got taken away from me by Kevin Durant joining and then Cousins joining. Mm. And yeah. if we think about this, like we, I think we all would have really loved that. Well, we loved this year's team, but like the 2015 team when Thomas came along and the 16 team when we made the playoffs, like yeah, the underdogs. We love those teams, right? And I don't want to lose the tie to that. Like I would hate yeah. to fall out of love with a team like that. But. Well, I don't, I don't know, I don't think 
no one wants to say to see that team broken up just yet. I think I think we definitely at least erode one full season of everybody healthy if it transpires that way. But I mean, I mean, we're getting into a bit of a tangent here. But like sometime in the future, if you know some sort of package comes up for someone who will absolutely get us over the edge. Let's just say we go to the finals a couple of years in a row, can't get past the Warriors, all of a sudden Davis is up for, you know, or Giannis for that matter, who's also up in 2021. You could get these guys if you put enough on the table. So I don't want to see anything broken up or anything change now, but further down the line, it's definitely, you know, it's worth bearing in mind and worth probably knowing that they made that contract, this signing, knowing that that could be an option further down the line. So it's definitely possible. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I guess kind of continuing on from from what Joe was saying, um, like there's only so many shots to go around. There's only so many possessions yeah. to distribute amongst all of our players. And you add in a guy like Kawhi, and like obviously, we, you know, we'd have to give up a significant player or two. So you're getting back some of those minutes, some of those shots from there. But we've got such a well-balanced team. And I feel like adding Kawhi, and we'll, you know, we'll get to the trade in, in further detail a little bit later in the show. But I just feel like that would mess with the the sort of the the Jedi force balance of our team for, yeah. for lack of a better um, predetermined term to use. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what will happen, if anything, with Terry Rogier or even uh, Marcus Morris. So Rogier is probably going to be too good to be a third string point guard, but that's essentially with Smart now re-signed what he's going to be behind Kyrie and Smart. And on the one hand, like that is freaking perfect when you're, when you're contending for a championship to have that kind of spark off the bench, that's exactly what you want. Um, sort of reminded of guys like Eddie House um, from that previous championship. Maybe that's a role that he can that he can play. But on the other hand, Terry's probably proven he's he's too good for that role and may become unhappy with potentially very few minutes, meaning he walks in free agency at the end of the season. Um, and so with that said, it would be characteristic of Danny Ainge to trade him. But on the other hand, if his role's going to be so limited this year, right... If, you, if you're playing chess, not checkers, and you're Terry Rozier, maybe that means you want to extend now because next season might be really tough. Like, like Terry Rozier is not, like, a proven, proven quantity in the NBA, right? Like, he's sure. he's done well. He's he's definitely, you know, he's definitely established himself as as, a, as an NBA player. I, I want to rephrase it. He's not, like, a proven NBA star or anything like that. He's not even, like, yeah, a proven NBA saying. starter, no. right? So if you're Terry Rozier and you're looking at looking at potentially a situation where the Celtics value you and you might not be able to parlay your performance into a massive contract next summer, maybe you do take that extension. It's just I don't know if that's exactly how to play out, but I think that's real leverage that the Celtics have at this point. Smart coming yeah. back is kind of leverage in the in the Rozier negotiations, I I think a little bit. Yeah, I think smart re-signing and under the if you assume that Kyrie is also going to re-sign next year I think that's basically it for Scary Terry long long story short basically there's a thousand different ways that it can all break down but I think the fact that we've got those two on the books now well we've got one on the books and we're going to gear everything we can to get the other one onto the books next year I think I don't think Scary Terry is long for this this Celtics train much longer sadly yeah so Rogier, he's a restricted free agent, right? So it all Next takes year, he's another extension team to... eligible this summer, though. It's a re- like. Uh, I see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. I don't know. I just don't see us throwing the extra money at him, given. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously don't know Danny Ainge or any of the owners or anything like that, but I would imagine that there's some interest in getting under the luxury tax to avoid the repeated tax, you know, down the line a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, we want to keep the script together for as long as possible. So why start the repeated I... tax now if we can avoid okay, it? Okay, but 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 but. 
Okay, so so first of all, I think if he's he's extension eligible, right? So, um, so if he sign an extension right now, his salary wouldn't count towards the cap until next season. So, so first of all, that sure, second true. thing, I, I just and I'm kind of talking myself into this as we're doing this podcast. So this is straight off the top of the dome, but I I almost feel like this is That's the best time for both parties to do to do a deal. Like Rosier, Rosier has some leverage because he just had a really good second half of the season, right? You know, so he can turn around and say to the Celtics with some credibility, "Hey, I'm worth X dollars." And on the flip side, the Celtics can turn around and say, "Well, hey, but we've also got two other point guards, and you're, you know, we're not looking to trade you. We value you, you know, but you know, like you're going to have a role with us that's not going to be. He's not going to start, you know." So I almost wonder whether there's a sort of a, a natural sort of equilibrium there, um, where it's not like a, you know, where it, it might be the best decision for both teams to make. You talk about middle-sized salary, we need more of it, yeah, right? Like we actually do need more of it, and Rosier's not going to be a bad salary. I would rather trade Rosier than Smart, and for reasons that we've kind of covered in heaps of other podcasts. But you know what I mean, like Smart being traded, Smart makes more. Smart makes. If I was trading for one of those point guards, I'd want to trade for Rosier, right? If I was the average team, eh? So to have Rosier under contract is advantageous to us, and it might be the best time for him to get an extension. Anyway, in rant, food for thought, team. Food for thought, Reddit. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that is an interesting point. We should move on to some extremely sad news for Jackson here, who is oh, basically the Abdul Nader super fan. So in other news, maybe the biggest ShamWow slash bomb of the offseason, Abdul Nader has been waived by the Boston Celtics. Nader appeared in 48 games, including one start and averaged just under 11 minutes per game for the club last season while and will now be uh, free to look for work with a different team, basically. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Waved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it, it's... Go on, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it's a, we, can, we, can all, we can all have a, a moment of silence for our sweet Egyptian prince, but um, <laughs> no, look, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that he was the scapegoat. I mean, he was clearly the worst player on the team. Everyone could see that. I, I, I hated that every oh, yeah. time he came on, it was just kind of, it was like the shit on Nader you know, a, a clock. And I just felt like it was too easy. It was too, too like, yeah, it was an easy target. And I mean, the four missed free throws, I think it was against New Orleans, yeah. didn't, you know, doing, didn't endear him. And I think it was probably the final. That was the his nadir. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. There. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, everything you hear from him through like the social media realm is that he's like too good for the G League, not good enough for the NBA. So look, I'm sure he'll find a, a team somewhere, whether that be Europe or China or hell, even the NBL. Come down I, to Aussie. I, I'd, abs- I'd absolutely nice. pay money to see uh, the great Abdul Nader play Get live. Get your jersey so, um, signed. Yeah, I didn't. Well, luck, I didn't end up buying one. Sadly, and, what? Uh, maybe for, maybe you're for the best right. now. It might be on special now. Pro store, yeah. go, yeah. go. I reckon we can pick you up yeah. at cheapy now, I'll hold, Jackson. I'll hold out. I'll hold out for the Perth Wildcats edition, which is obviously <laughs> no doubt coming soon. But no, I wish I wish uh, him, and I think all Celtics fans, I wish him all, all the luck in in the future. But um, yeah, he was. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy that roster spot to go to somebody else. Speaking of NBL, quick parenthetical point. I only just learned over the last couple of weeks that Jonathan Gavoni of Draft Express fame, he's a scout for the for the Breakers. It's like one of his part-time things. He's a legit, he's like, Jonathan Gavoni is all about the NBL. Anyway, in parentheses. That says a lot about the NBL, that scouting is a part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I digress. Uh, now, with Nader, a uh, highly upvoted comment on the, the uh, Nader thread, Young Dutch Oven, uh, 406 <laughs> upvotes, says... Well, shit, guys, who are we going to blame for everything now? 
Uh, and I think that uh, raises an interesting point. Uh, that might game. fall to Yabu. Yeah. Yabu Selly. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. It depends who we, we fill that extra roster. Yabu's very likable. Jabari Bird. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he I know this wasn't on the run sheet, or was it? But how do we feel about Yabu right now? I Probably thought good. he was pretty damn good in the summer. I, I feel about this. I feel about the same as I did uh, months ago. You know, love him, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I think he's an oh. endearing character, but like he just didn't look like he just didn't look like a guy out. You know, he didn't look like a dude out there. You know what I mean? How like those how guys who are real NBA players are like a cut above in summer league. He just looked like like he belonged in summer league. Run of the mill. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I felt like Shemi Ojale looked like a dude, mm-hmm. uh, to use your term, Joe, in the Summer League. And I, I definitely feel like Jabari Bird looked like a huge, hey, yeah. uh, just baller dude in the Summer League. <laughs> and I, I really hope that we can uh, fill that now vacant roster spot with Jabari mm-hmm. Bird. Me too. I think he's a better player. I don't think it's really that close. Ojale, yeah. I really like what he showed in Summer League because to me, he like, he he just looked confident, and that was like the, the for me that was the big minus of his game and and the NBA and you know in the real NBA was he was just sometimes a little hesitant. What do you reckon, Jackson? Yeah, man, I haven't seen a lot of him. I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of summer uh, summer league. You know, guilty, but um, you can be forgiven yeah. for that. <laughs> it didn't it didn't have the same appeal as the as it last year um, nah. with uh, with Jays. But um, now look from what I've seen of him, I think he's been great. You know, we, we just I, I don't want to like heap any more you know shit on Abdul Nader, but I remember one of the rare times that it was uh, Jabari Bird coming off the bench in place of Nader and he looked somewhat competent. The overall consensus on the game threads always seemed to be, why isn't this guy playing more? Why has he got Nader's blah, 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 blah. So I think it's something that everyone's probably going to be on board with. And um, yeah, again, good luck to him. Yeah, totally. Uh, Hopefully we can sign him. But uh, moving on, Something else that's happened very recently that absolutely affects the Celtics and the majority of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Kawhi Leonard traded. The San Antonio Spurs have traded him and Danny Greed to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl and a protected 2019 first round pick, which I think is, which I know is, reading my notes here. 120. 20 protected. Guys, what I want to know from you, is this a better trade for the Spurs or for the Raptors? What do you reckon? My my gut instinct says Spurs because they will have DeRozan for three years and even if they don't want him, they can do whatever they want with him. Um, Pirtle, I think, has a lot of promise as well too. I think, though, Good. it really, really just turns uh, is going to come down to uh, what kind of player Kawhi Leonard is. Is he the guy we saw in 2015, 2016 and his defensive you know, ca- uh, player of the year campaigns, the finals MVP campaign? Or is this injury and this whole media circus and everything that's been surrounding him for like what feels like forever now, is that going to drastically change this guy? And how is he going to look in this system? So I, I definitely think it makes the Raptors better on paper, but I think the Spurs are the winners overall, just in, on a, going on a gut instinct anyway. Okay, okay, okay. So I've got a, I've got a, I've got a take. Now the, the question was who who did the be- who got the better end of the trade right that was your question Amen yep as mm-hmm. posited all right that was the moot Jackson so the mm-hmm. moot is not who is not sort of who's you know even going to well who's going to be better this year or or whether he's going to resign it's who got the better end of the trade and mm-hmm. and okay here's how I see this the Spurs had absolutely zero want to trade Kawhi Leonard right. They didn't want to trade Kawhi Leonard. They kind of got forced to. Now, if you look at it from the Raptors' point of view, they were like, shoot, Kawhi Leonard's on the block. 
we cannot pass up the opportunity to do this, right? So for that reason, like, this is a trade the Raptors wanted to do and the Spurs didn't want to do. So if, if we take the question as sort of framed, I think you've got to say the Raptors did better. That's my, that's my take. Now, I guess the other kind of thing I'd say to back that up would be um, I feel like the Raptors kind of kicked, like, the Spurs got, the Spurs, it was a good trade. I actually thought it was a good trade for both teams. But the Raptors got two goals, right? Because, like, they, one, they become a contender instantly, and two, like, their, their team kind of makes sense now, right? Like, they, they've got, like, this natural aging off. Like, I think Lowry's contract is so underrated. I, honestly, I don't, people talk about Lowry like he's dead money. He's going to be good next year, and then he's going to be an expiring contract contract for thirty million the year afterwards. Larry's good, like Larry's a great deal. So you know, do you know what I mean? Like team, from a team building perspective, it all makes sense now because you've got Kawhi and you've got Larry. And if it doesn't work out, it's an instant blow it up, and they don't have they're not going to sacrifice any assets to get off that money. Like they might have had to, to attach some assets to get off DeRozan, and if things went poorly this year, that's so that's my take. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, that's. I, 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 Sorry, you go, Ben, you go. I guess it's hard to foresee the, the success of, of that team as it is currently constructed after the Kawhi trade. So, I mean, you mentioned uh, Lowry's contract as a potential expiring. Like, do you, do you, How do you think that reads for a guy like Kawhi who you know, is maybe looking to move to a, a winning situation um, given that next year he'll be an unrestricted free agent and he'll have the potential to go you know, essentially wherever he likes as long as there's cap space for him? Do you think that he's looking at the Raptors roster and thinking, okay, I've got this aging point guard who is a potentially expiring contract who, you know, could be traded for, usually when you trade All-Stars, you don't get a like-for-like deal in terms of value and in terms of talent, at least. Like, they're not going to trade away Kyle Lowry for an equally or high, more highly talented point guard or player. Do you think Kawhi Leonard looks at that as a place where he'd want to actually hang around and play for a little bit longer? Or is he going to go play with LeBron James and... and very likely make it to the NBA Finals at some point in the duration of his contract. Or, or, and this is just kind of occurring to me now, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to bet, like, I don't know, something nominal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I reckon Kawhi Leonard is going to sign a 1 plus 1 to come back with the Raptors. I think they're going to have a really good year this year. And I think it's in Kawhi's interest to take a 1 plus 1 like all the superstars are doing, right? Because he gets him a further year, well, yes. year of NBA service, which means he can sign for more when he eventually does cash in a long-term deal. Yeah, I mean, but like he's obviously not motivated by money. He was out of he was his primary motivation was getting out of San Antonio, and now he's ended up in Toronto. So on on that side of the things, he might not be so much against playing in Toronto as he was getting out of San Antonio. But everything that we've heard through the media is that it's all LA centric. It's got to be the Lakers or the Clippers. I'm not really asked. It's got to be in LA. And about Toronto is about like the, the number one everyone's favorite joke. The day that the the trade was made, it was like you wanted LA and he's in Canada. Oh. But so <laughs> they're very very different to one another. So. It's really hard to to anticipate how everything's going to go because for me, like I, as my initial point was, it's all in Kawhi's mind. Like it's all how he's going to handle the pressure of being the guy or the guy replacing the guy that everyone loved. And is he the same player? And I, I think so many things determine just on where his ability still is at. So, will does he want to go to LA? Probably. Is he cool to stay in Toronto? Yeah, he probably would if he gets enough love and they're in a good enough situation. But he's got to be the player that he was years ago for that power, for that choice to sort of be aligned with him. And that's what I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's going to end up that way. 
Yeah, it's it's a real tornado of misinformation. Wow. We don't really know much about this guy, right? Like, he's not really on social media. We haven't heard from him in uh, personally nah. in a, a very long time. Everything is kind of funneled through, apparently, this Uncle Dennis guy. Uh, and obviously, the reports came out that he wanted to play for the Lakers and that he only wanted to be traded to the Lakers if he was going to be traded anywhere, that he wouldn't come back and play for the, uh, for the Spurs. Then he gets traded to Toronto, and initially, the, the Chris Haynes report comes out that he wouldn't want to play for Toronto. Then it was that he was warming up to the idea of playing for Toronto, but he wouldn't re-sign. And now there are these reports from sources close to Kawhi, which whatever that means, that he would re-sign um, with the Raptors. So uh, I'm just glad that he didn't end up on our team, really, because that's there's so much misinformation. There's so much uncertainty. And meanwhile, we've, we seem to have, aside from the Kyrie, you know, maybe leaving it in the next season, which we'll get to, otherwise everyone is, is very much locked in. But guys, I, I want to bring it back to the Celtics. I want to know, are we are we still the, the best team in the Eastern Conference? I think that we are. A lot of people out there are sort of um, getting behind the Raptors, you know, now that they've signed Kawhi as potentially being better than us. I just, obviously, we're all a little bit biased. This is a, a fan-based podcast, but looking at both uh, rosters, looking at the All-Stars, looking at the potential future All-Stars, looking at the overall depth, I just don't see how the Raptors could uh, best us in a, in a best-of-seven series. I man, okay, man. I'm I'm against everybody tonight. Um, I, <laughs> counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. So. I just think, <laughs> like, we're on. I'm operating under the assumption that Kawhi is actually pretty healthy, and all the stuff that happened last year was kind of a leverage thing. Um, Kawhi Leonard is freaking elite. Like Kawhi Leonard is in a tier above Kyrie Irving. He's in a tier above Al Horford, and he's in a tier above. Above Gordon Hayward, I I thought I honestly think he is on the same level as like he's on the same level as Durant for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is yeah, a I game changer right. for a franchise. Like that is he is that team will want like the Spurs won freaking sixty five games with a man, like that you know they're gonna win sixty games if he's if he's healthy, no doubt about it. They won fifty nine last year and he's a massive upgrade over over DeRozan. Yeah. Like the Spurs yeah. are gonna, oh, sorry, the the the, the Raptors are gonna be elite, man. And, yeah. and well, they were, the Raptors were top five offense and top five defense, yeah. And they basically just traded the, one of the worst defenders for one of the best defenders in the game, and his offense is pretty good too. So. Yeah, who I would argue speaks, is a better speaks. offensive player because he's a better mm-hmm. three point shooter, and yep. and and is and still scores twenty five a game. Like Kawhi Leonard's freaking good, man. Like, holy cow, he's yeah. Good. No, I, I I completely agree, and I agree that he's in the tier of Kevin Durant and that he's better as an individual player than any of our individual players. But, you know, the question remains, who do you think, and obviously, like I said, there's a bit of bias here, but who do you think wins in a best of seven series? Do you, I feel like our depth puts us above the Raptors despite them having the, the best player on the court. We saw us go up against best player on the court, uh, you know, in the postseason last year against Giannis Antetokounmpo. We came away with a victory, obviously, albeit in seven games. I just feel like Kawhi doesn't, put the Raptors above us, maybe in the regular season, maybe there's um, more consistency in, in their game plan over the regular season, but I just, I have the faith in our team and our depth uh, in, a, in a playoff series against the Raptors. I, I think for me, it's like, if you look at, let's just focus on the Celtics and the Raptors here. If you look at both teams, kind of best case scenario, like everyone's healthy, everyone's clicking, everyone everyone's playing to their best ability. I still put us above the Raptors. You know, I think if, 
I think if we get struck by the same kind of injuries and just ridiculously horrendous luck that we suffered throughout last season in any way, shape, or form, which obviously the Raptors aren't going to be impervious to either, but I think if we if we end up going into a series, a, set, a, a final series, a final series a, an East final series against the Raptors and they've got the home court and we're maybe not in the healthiest position, then no, I think that's the Raptors game, uh, that's the Raptors series. But I think if you both teams at their strongest going together, home court. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm still putting the Celtics. Again, bias has to be said, Man. but I still think we're better on paper. Can, uh, this is just why I, lo- I love this trade. Like, I'm actually happy for Toronto, and, and this is so much better for us. This is like, you know, if we're healthy and they're healthy, oh my gosh, what a friggin' series. Like, mm. so many of their totally strengths yes. are our strengths, you know? I actually, I, I, I wonder whether um, Lowry, like, Lowry and Irving's a real interesting contrast and styles and contrast and strengths yeah um they switch across like they you know they talk about like their top five defensive line you know like when they have siakam um ananobi leonard danny green larry like oh my gosh bro that's green's sick. a big acquisition for them as well they so. got danny green in the friggin trade yeah. man. he's good do you, you remember know, his, he's do you remember his, 2030, his 2013 finals against the Heat where he just went just psychopath, psychotic like a few games there? Yeah, it'll be... Yeah, five years ago. Mm, it, it was five years ago, true. <laughs> but you don't forget... Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I see it. Like, I'm self-aware enough to know that the Celtics homer is, is really sh- sort of shining out of my ass right now. I I accept that and, and I recognize that. But um, you're right, Joe. Like, you know, all opinions aside, it's... It's going to be amazing to see where these teams end up. Um, and I'm just glad that he didn't end up on the yeah, sixes yeah. Um, with mm. them retaining Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because that really would have screwed us over, I yeah. think. That that would have been a squad that I would have actually been worried about in the postseason. Yeah. Leonard on the sixes would have been more concerning to me than LeBron on the sixes. Might might not be a popular take, but I just think that would have been a nightmare to play against with Leonard. That it's is. going to be frigging hot next year, man. I cannot mm. wait for the season. The, man, the East, there's a massive power vacuum in the East at the moment. We could talk about I, it for hours, but I mean, like the Bucks with with Coach Bud and Giannis with another year and the Pacers and the Sixers. Pacers man, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a low-key and a very, very, very intriguing Eastern Conference, I think. I think everyone's focused on the West being so stacked because LeBron's there now. I think the East is going to be very interesting. Uh, the NBA is stacked, man. It's great. Like, it's awesome. Mm. Like, I, I love this this year. I'm so looking forward to it. Like, the Raptors... They are so good, and I am not scared of them at all. I just can't wait. You know, I just can't wait for the games, you know? Like, they're not going to kick our ass. They're going to win some. We're going to win some. I don't know who's going to win. But um, I'm so excited for the contest, you know? Ah, this is great. Yeah, I can't wait for our uh, season predictions, uh, season preview podcast that'll be coming up a little bit closer to training camp in late September there. Uh, we should move on. We've, we've got a MISC section plan for things that have happened in the off-season hmm. so far. What well, you haven't heard from us, um, I'm sure you've heard from your other podcast favorites up until this point. But look, we've been hibernating, like Joe said. Um, and given where we are from in the world, we should start with uh, Bloody Bainesy. Bainesy, $11 million contract. Bainesy. Uh, he's happy. We're happy. Everyone's happy in this case. Uh, this was announced on the 30th of June. Uh, another ShamWow that we signed Aaron Baines on that team-friendly contract, I believe it is. Uh, I had to dig through the Celtics Reddit thread for this, looking for any kind of serious response in terms of how it affects our team. Didn't really find anything. Most 
mostly just people being like, yeah, sweet, which is totally fair <laughs> enough. Australia. Like, that's, a, that's a solid reaction. Like, you know, we got all of Australia back. Uh, he's doing his thing. He's, he's obviously great for our defense, and he's the closest thing we really have to a, a rim protector, I think. And he obviously showed us some flashes of corner three-point shooting in the postseason, which will be huge for our offense if he can continue to do that. Um, he's going to start next we, year. We talked about Bainsey a lot on the podcast. So you got you guys got any hot takes on Bainsey or how, how are your feelings towards us locking him up for another two years? It's a no-brainer, really. I think I, yeah. I wanted him. He wanted to come back. It's a good deal. What's not to like? Yeah. Yep. I, I think he's going to start next year. I don't know which one of the wings is going to sit to start off with. I wonder if Haywood's going to be the guy to sit to start off with because Haywood's playmaking off the bench is going to be freaking sick. You know, imagine mm-hmm. that. But, Just the flexibility we've yeah. got now that you can. <laughs> it's incredible. Freaking good, man. Yeah. So spicy. I really, really cannot wait. Uh, look, another guy that we've signed, uh, Brad Wanamaker. I have to be honest, I had never heard of Brad Wanamaker <laughs> prior to the, uh, I think it was a Woj tweet that came out um, suggesting that we were signing him on a one-year Rookie minimum deal. He's 28 years old and a six foot four combo guard. So you've got to assume that he's feeling the sort of Shane Larkin role here. Mm-hmm. He averaged 11.3 points and shot 33% from three point range in the Euro League. And he led Fenerbahce to the Euro League's final four, where the team lost to Real Madrid and number three draft pick Luka Doncic uh, in the championship. Yeah. There you go. Well, we know who's going to mark Doncic when we go up against the Mavs now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stevens plays was, yeah. every, every possession. Stevens has just had, to, had that put down. Yeah, no, I don't know a lot about him either. Obviously, if he fulfills the Larkin role and fills it to a similar standard that Larkin did, then that's that's all well and good. Uh, hopefully, he can exceed it, though. So, um, yeah, it's an intriguing prospect there. Yeah, it's. I'd be amazed if he sucks. Like it just feels like Ainge has nailed all of these ones. Like they obviously targeted yeah, this the guy. Euro guys. Uh, yeah, the Euro guys that they've brought over have been great and Tice and um Datomi was good, you know, like um yeah. I though I was disappointed. Gigi. Shout out to Gigi. <laughs> Gigi. I was disappointed by the signing only for one reason, because I'd secretly held out hope that the little guy might come back on a minimum deal. Because I could cause I could see that there wasn't gonna be a lot of love out there for him and I was deep down kind of hoping he'd be back you know i know that that would have been so crazy like obviously most fans including myself would have loved it but could you imagine isaiah thomas in the shane larkin role after everything that's i could imagine it it's amazing yeah. uh, i think i, mean, he, yeah, I think he would fine. take i like, think he would take the role as well too right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he's bumped up the bench a couple of spots in where he signed in in Denver. There, like it sounds like he's going to play more of a six man role there, which you know I'm happy for him mm. because as much as it would have been nice to have him back on our team, it just I don't know that I feel like that just would have added to the the misery of the whole situation. That it goes full circle and he's back on the team, but he's at the end of the bench yeah. and he has a lot of DNPs, and that that's just a depressing thought. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's really sad. It's really sad to think that Ainge and whatever medical staff they had there probably just had the info and they either knew or they had a pretty good idea that that was that was the end yeah, of Isaiah as they, they know it. And they cut him loose. It's really sad to 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 um to to see that how it went down, but it seems like that was the case, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And look, with, with Wanamaker, it, it's hard to make a fair assessment in these cases um, in terms of assessing the, the EuroLeague talent. I, I guess the, the one gauge of it all, or the, the talent, like you said, Joe, is is that Ainge has a, a pretty decent track record. Ainge and his staff, obviously, have a pretty decent track record of, of bringing these guys over. Um, now, Timmy from our, our subreddit, shout out to Timmy, put together a nice little Brad Wanamaker intro video covering off on his background as a person 
and as a player. But, you know, you look at these highlight reels and they're highlight reels. So it's all good stuff. Like in, you're not seeing the good mixed with the bad. It, it's difficult to formulate an accurate uh, or reasonable opinion of how these guys are going to go. So, um, you know, we talked about being excited for the season and um, seeing how he plays. And I, I reckon he'll get a lot of preseason minutes as well. Um, that's going to be exciting. Moving on. Sleepy Bob, Robert Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With the number 27 pick in the NBA draft this year, uh, Robert Williams, a.k.a. Boobot, a.k.a. The Big Sleep, hasn't exactly had the best start to his career as an NBA player. Uh, Joe, you've shared some interesting thoughts with us since that draft. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more lax on on my feelings toward Robert Williams. Um, I'm looking forward to him getting some real NBA minutes. But, um, Joe, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear how you're feeling about this guy up until this well, point. A caveat first. So <laughs> I saw like 30 seconds of him in Summer League before he managed to get a knee contusion or whatever. <laughs> and and he, he like he looked good. He looked good. But there's this like defense of, of Robert Williams where it's like, man, you don't know him. You don't know what's happening in his life. You don't know how hard it is. You know, or he's just 20 years old, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, I know that guy. We all know that guy. We all went to friggin' high school with that guy. That guy's... I'm sorry, man, but that's the... Like, he just smells like a loser to me. And 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 I know that's real harsh, but, man, like, we need to get winners on our team, you know? And there will be some guy, there will be maybe even three or four guys that were drafted after him that have really solid careers, and we're going to wish we had drafted him instead of Rob Williams. And I've got to be honest also... I was real pro the Robert Williams draft pick when it happened. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And now I think I'm going to have to change my rules. You know, if guys fall because of reasons of being slack, you know, that's probably a good reason to stay away from them. And so I'm going on record now. I don't think this is going to work out. Um, If I'm wrong, that's great. My team does well. But nah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be wrong about this, you know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, he doesn't really fit the um, sort of the profile of the, some of the guys we've drafted in the past. You know, they've seemed to have gone off, you know, personality and maturity as like one of the higher sort of, um, you know, traits they look for as obviously as well as, you know, being, you know, athlete, athletic and in their own sort of mold and whatnot. But um, yeah, it, so it's kind of out of step with that sort of um, that sort of uh, pattern that we've had over the years. So if he was to be a bust, it wouldn't be surprising unfortunately but i mean uh I, i'm I, i'm certainly i'm certainly skeptical at someone who um who misses a flight was it missing a two summer league or was it going away i can't already what been in for. for like his media right and then he went back and then he was supposed to come back for practice i don't know why yeah, was, yeah. And, he, and he missed the initial uh media, media call, call as well and he lost his wallet multiple yeah. times no nah, look i'm sure i'm sure that guy has yeah. been told in no uncertain circumstances that that's not on if it happens again he has to well he'll have to uh you know give up on his nba dreams so um i hopefully that kind of uh reality check can um can scare him into doing something productive and um hopefully getting on the team but um yeah you're right it doesn't it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence can you imagine on your first day of work right they're like your first day of work okay you've got to be the, can you remember yours were you early I wasn't being paid over a million dollars, so maybe yeah. the pressure wasn't as high. Yeah, but, right. yeah. as... Were you early on your first day of work? Hell yes, I was, mm. you know. <laughs> you know. Like, it's just, that's a human response, you know. We yeah. all do stuff like that because we're like, shoot, I've got to I've got to be on my game. And then, you know, when we get comfortable, <laughs> then when we get comfortable, you know, we watch a few Celtics playoff games and maybe crawl in half an hour late. But 
on the first day. <laughs> on the first day, man. Holy moly. You've got to be an... Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Got to be an idiot. I, I guess that <laughs> you know? I hope there were ex- I hope there were extraordinary circumstances that actually went towards that, but I'm sure we would have heard about them if there was. So yeah, just it just it speaks to me that it was you know. Mate, fool me easiness. once, fool me once, shame shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, yeah, he, oh boy. I guess the the counterpoint to all of that, and like that is the the more reasonable side of the of the coin. But we have so much solidarity in our team. We've got so much. Uh, so many headstrong guys, you know, Al Horford uh, from the top and then trickling down from there. Uh, our team is such a unit and it's not, uh, it is kind of unreasonable to think this, I guess, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not unreasonable to hope that potentially that kind of mindset trickles down from Horford, from from the, the veterans in our team to the big sleep and assist him in, in sort of transitioning from the guy that he is now into a more professional grounded well-rounded individual uh, and a professional uh obviously he's got the talent you know we saw that from him at texas a&m and we saw it from him uh in glimpses or one single glimpse in the summer league before he went down but uh you know obviously he's got the talent and he feels a, a bit of a gap for us in terms of that new age athletic uh, rim protecting center who can sort of run the floor and uh he's young and i think he'd be a good spark plug off the bench uh, at that position for us so hopefully Hopefully something like that can happen. And I, I think that's what Danny Ainge and these guys are banking on, that, that that's going to happen. But um, it's not looking good, <laughs> i got to say. Yeah. Uh, the dude... Uh, Hope, and hopefully to, it does work out. Prepare. Like, I've been pretty half, harsh on the kid, but, like, it's great if it works yeah. out. It's it's yeah. not cool if I'm right, you know? And and worst case, it doesn't, and we're, we're sort of as good as we are without him anyway, if that makes sense. So it's it's kind of a low-risk situation in that sense. Uh, yes, yes, but, but, but you know, you maintain your success by drafting well at the end of the first round and in the second round. That's, it's the only way to do it, you know, otherwise, mm. otherwise you inevitably have to fall off. You have to fall off because when your players age out, you know, um, so I'd like for us to sustain our success. He should just move in without Horford, right? Like just move yeah, in, uh, totally like should. just like he's, he's the ultimate role model. Just, uh, just, you know, maybe there's like a granny flat, out the the back of Al Horford's place. I mean, he's a rich man. You have to imagine that he's he's invested well in real estate, and that there's maybe like a rentable Airbnb situation in his backyard where uh, Big Sleep can uh, can shack up in, <laughs> sleep in a little bit, but not too long because Al Horford's knocking on the door, waking him up, and making sure he rocks up to our training camp and practice on time. That's the ideal situation, but uh, it's, tough idea. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But anyway, we can dream. Uh, another uh, sort big of a, sleep, a, a minimal, uh, not really a big deal, but something else happened in the off season. Uh, LeBron James signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, our historic, massive rival, uh, on a four-year, $154 million contract. We bring this up on what is obviously a Celtics podcast because LeBron produces, for lack of a better term, seismic activity that is detectable everywhere around the league. Uh, the big news for Celtics fans being that we now have one less rival, a pretty massive rival at that, uh, in the Eastern Conference. The rival happens to be the guy who has ended our season the past few years. Uh, I, for one, am pretty happy with the situation. It, it reinvigorates the, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, and obviously Kyrie on one side of it, LeBron on the other side of it, they've, they've, been in the, they've been in the trenches together, they've won a championship together, and now all of a sudden they're, you know, the, the top guys on either side of this massively historic rivalry. I think it's awesome for the league, and it's awesome for Celtics fan and Lakers fans alike. 
Yeah, I would absolutely, I would adore for a final series in the not-too-distant future to be LeBron's Lakers versus Kyrie's Celtics. Um, but, I mean, we've got to make it to the finals first, but like more importantly, they've got to make it to the finals first. I don't give them much of a chance no. getting it maybe this year. <laughs> See what their team looks like. Yeah, but when, Le- when, LeBron's, when LeBron's checking up with Beasley, Rondo, McGee, Stevenson, bloody who else? Michael Beasley. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would, a pillar of stability. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they got like Dennis Rodman to come out of retire just for just for maximum yeah. laughs. But, I reckon I mean, they'll trade yeah. for Robert Williams. That's what I'm guessing. There they go. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would I would love for that to happen one day in the future. I don't think it's going to be this year. Probably won't even be next year. But I mean, we can always hope out because it would be an epic epic final series. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I, it's just it's just not. It doesn't look like a basketball decision, eh? Like what he's done. Fair enough. No, absolutely. Fair enough. Like he's, you know, he's. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, Durant going to Golden State pissed me off, but LeBron going to the Lakers doesn't really piss me off. Um, it, yeah. I just. I, it yeah. it kind of reminds me of the Kawhi thing. It made me so happy that Kawhi got sent to Canada and the Spurs <laughs> didn't do what he wanted. But yeah. anyway, that's another. That's another whole another discussion. Sorry, man. It was just burning a hole in my head. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. That's what we're here for. We're here to um, just dig up all the goss from the off season, and uh, there's there's not really that much of it. So uh, you know, the deep dives can be afforded. Um, <laughs> swinging it back around to, to Celtics related business, have you guys seen the the Drew Hanlon videos of Gordon Hayward working out, just looking like a machine, sure playing have. against non NBA players and uh, hitting shots? I sure have. He looked definitely. He looked good. He looked good. I got to say, when you watch Drew Hanlon play, you, like how is that guy not in the NBA? Drew Hanlon looks incredible when he's like demonstrating stuff to dudes. <laughs> yeah. eh? You know, like he would kill me, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, he's certainly a, a popular guy uh, in terms of you know training. You know, various NBA players very popular on Instagram. You see a lot of footage coming out from you know, obviously himself. Um, teamed up with other NBA players, but then guys like Joel Embiid, our own Jason Tatum, uh, Marco Fultz, like a lot of guys are working out with this dude. So obviously, I think he was a ex-D3 college player. Um, I'm referring to no concrete sort of um, Sounds good, bro. intelligence Sounds there. Good. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that's right. But um, like specifically talking about Gordon Hayward, like he really looked like he was moving unimpeded there. And, you know, the, the end of that clip there, he just hit like, 18, 18 threes in a row <laughs> um and i have to admit like i watched it back like two or three times i woke up in the morning you know a lot of the celtics news <laughs> celtics news comes out for us in the middle of the night and one of the one of the best things about starting each day is you roll out of bed and you sort of open up yeah. celtics reddit and it's like here's the news that's come out overnight you know while it's the daytime in boston and in this particular case it was gordon haywood like being athletic being an athlete doing things as a as a able-bodied biped should be able to do and that's not something that we've had the pleasure of seeing over the past year or so um so that was super amazing and then i think worth mentioning on the pod i'm, I'm excited to see him back in uh in training camp and he's looking good and he looks like he's on track as well yeah i think i saw a tweet from someone saying that yeah both he and Kyrie are i think like two or three weeks away from full five on five basketball so um yeah gordon certainly looks like he's ready to go i'm sure Kyrie is definitely in the similar uh Similar shape, or at least to his standards. So, uh, yeah, the band's almost back together, boys. Gordon, yeah. Hayward is that? Like that. Gordon Hayward is like that FedEx package that gets delayed, you know? And, we've been, <laughs> and you know how like how badly you just want to rip open that package? 
Yeah. We're getting into dangerous territory with this illustration, but I'm just really looking forward to Gordon Hayward. Yeah, no, we're, we're like uh, we're like Tom Hanks in Castaway, how he holds on to that one last FedEx package <laughs> yeah, and like doesn't open right, it, deliver it and returns it back to the uh, the sender. Um, yeah. Somehow, I, w- I wanted to continue that by saying that Gordon Hayward is being returned to sender, which is us, the loyal Celtics fans. But um, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just cut that bit out. Probably not though. Um, Jason Tatum, somewhat controversially rated and this is obviously getting to the very end of the sort of mentionable offseason <laughs> this is the barrel <laughs> yeah it's rated 87 in nba 2k which uh uh i don't know if it's fair or unfair obviously i'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses um he was already overpowered uh in terms of like a just a video game archetype he, he came into the game rated in the the late 70s and finished the the season uh on NBA 2K rated an 82. And like me and some of my friends, you know, I mentioned uh, Dice, the, the the Denver Nuggets fan, who's a moderator on the Denver Nuggets sub. You know, we get together sometimes and we, we make these uh, NBA 2K super teams and we add like MJ and Kareem. And I always add Jason Tatum as my starting shooting guard. That's how much I freaking love <laughs> as, Jason Tatum. As you should. And he like yes. holds his own. Like he drops 30 in every game and like he he has every place, every right to be on that court with those, those superstars, those legends. And now that they've bumped him up to 87, like I just, as a 2K player, as bad as the game has become, like I just, I'm, I'm so excited by that, and I look forward to it. Yeah, that's only three points more than Kyrie. I think, I think he was 90 in the last game. So I mean, I think, I think their rating system's a little bit, not, not, not the most accurate thing there. But I mean, hey, I think, I think anyone, I think it's in kind of basketball players' nature. They see their 2K rating, they're like, what? I'm better than that. Blah 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 blah. So I think is, you got to try to do something on those lines. But I think 87 is pretty. A pretty good, uh, a pretty good indicator of what the rest of the league thinks about him as well. Yeah, I'm not a gamer. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I was, I was wondering what you might say. 87's oh. good, right? <laughs> so Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell also came in rated at 87. So it's like they just decided that hey, if you you pass. are a finalist yeah. for Rookie of the Year, then this is what you're worth. But um, anyway, look, final point, guys. Steve Bullpit. Uh, put out an article uh, mostly talking about the stability that we have now regained in signing Marcus Smart, but it made it to the top of the Celtics subreddit in the past week or so uh, because of this excerpt, and feel free to chime in at any point, guys. He said, three agents told the Herald they fully expect Kyrie Irving to opt out and leave next summer. But sources connected to the player reiterated in the last two days, while there are miles to go between now and the end of the coming season, the All-Star Guard is quite pleased with the Celtic surroundings, with his Celtic surroundings rather, and has been talking about the future beyond 2018-2019. There was, as well, a report from a general, generally credible radio source stating that the club had offered Irving to San Antonio in recent trade talks for Kawhi Leonard. Ugh. But sources from both clubs stated adamantly, that was never the case. Still, while Irving was being open and honest in his most recent public comments, when he said it was, uh, it made no sense financially or otherwise for him to sign an extension based on his current contract, one never knows if events could conspire this season to change his longer-term view of the situation here. Now, that's it from the excerpt of, of that article, but I guess the, the headline, as posted on the subreddit, sort of put to rest the idea that Kyrie Irving would move on from the team at the end of the season. It was, it was uh, They chose the one like sentence from the article to sort of make you feel at ease with the situation. But then you go through and you read the article and you read the excerpt as I just have now, and it's not as, as certain. Kyrie Irving will break your heart, man. He's already done it to one yeah. side. Like, like if Al Horford signed somewhere else, I'd be stunned. I'd be so stunned. But if Kyrie Irving left and signed somewhere else like i can't say i'd be like 
absolutely blown away. Mm. I uh, for me, it's like it would be. I, I think it's very very naive to assume that like he's definitely gonna gonna stay. Like I mean, he's a, he's a weird dude, and we all yeah. know that. So he could he could pack up and just go to Orlando because he likes Disneyland, you know, or something <laughs> like that. It, it could it, yeah. it, if anyone's right, gonna do it. If anyone's gonna do it, it could be him. But I mean, I think I think the I, the one thing I've just never bought from day one is the whole he wants to go to play for the Knicks. It's it, it makes no even if you like basketball is the last thing you're concerned about. And you just want to live in New York and power too. But I mean, like that's <laughs> in terms of like a basketballing like you know franchise and how it's run and how they compete and the culture and everything around it. Man, it'd be like the biggest downgrade you could possibly ask for, and he wouldn't get as much money either, probably. So. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't buy that he's going, but it doesn't mean he won't. Man, look out for Brooklyn though. Like, I, mm. I honestly, man, I, I thought Brooklyn was going to be better than they wound up being last year, but, um, like that to me, they're primed to do the same thing we did in 2016, where they have like a bunch of young scrappy guys. They've got cap space. A few of them pop. You know, they have a, they have a good run, and then they're a threat to sign someone in free agency. And they are in New York. You know. Mm. yeah be very interesting i mean like you said jackson logically you'd stay with the celtics they are a team that's set up to win for a number of years in the future but a guy like you know Kyrie irving who knows what he's thinking who knows what's going on between his ears so um i think we're all just looking for something like anything uh you know in terms of a, a pillar of hope to to hold on to 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 you know, so that we can be rest assured that he will resign with us, so we can just relax and enjoy it all. Because it's a it's a real point of anxiety, I'm sure, for most Celtics fans. It definitely is for me. Um, so hopefully that's surety. Hopefully that assurance comes out at some point. But um, it's just it's probably not there in this article, unfortunately. But it's it's the most that it's sort of been referred to uh, in a in a while now. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I, be- I, be- I believe he'll stay. Um, but I mean, you talk about the anxiety you get when, like, you feel like one of the Celtics are up for like up for unrestricted free agency, or just up for any kind of free agency every year. You know, we're going to get that basically once a year, like for, for yeah. as long as it comes. Like, you think it was bad, like when we didn't know if Smart was going to resign? Shit, what happens when Tatum? You know, the start this Tatum rumors out there about going to LA and shit. Oh god, it's going to be horrendous. But you got to have faith because, as far as a basketball club and they're set up and how it's run right now, at least from the outside. I don't think there's a lot that are better. So we've at least got that going for us. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. It's going to be dramas every single summer. We've got Rosier and possibly Horford next summer and then possibly Horford the summer after that and then Hayward. And we've got restricted free agency for for Jalen Brown coming up this, coming up um, in the same summer that, that Hayward might be able to opt out. And then we've got Tatum coming up in the next summer which Hayward will definitely be finished up, you know? Like, man, it's just going to be mm-hmm. all on. Huh. Yeah, and that is all the, the plight stability. of the future Celtics fan. For now, we can just look forward to mm. the amazing and awesome upcoming season where everyone's together, the whole gang is together. Uh, yep. <laughs> look, all right, that's it. That's all the Celtics news there is. And thus, that'll just about do it for this episode, episode <laughs> 23 of the Boston Celtics Reddit podcast. We're going back into hibernation again until something interesting occurs in the realm of Celtics basketball which is a depressing thought it may not be for a while last year training camp started on the 26th of September and in the meantime look if any GM around the league is going to wake up one day and train somebody it's probably going to be Danny freaking age so who knows who knows when we'll be back until then Jackson Joe thank you very much as always hopefully we'll all be back sooner rather than later pleasure as always peace good fun good to be back Right, guys. We'll see you soon. Peace.